So fast. I know, I know. Two hours just goes by so fucking fast. Yeah. So we started that set over with Janis Joplin doing Move Over. From there, we went to The Animals, Send You Back to Walker. From there, Donovan with Sunshine Superman. And right now, we're taking you out with The Residents with uh, Hello Skinny. Yes. Yes, it's Hello Skinny and the song after that. But um, we'll see you here next week. Or you'll hear us here next week. Or who knows what's going to happen yeah. in this day and age. Next week we're teaming up with our neighbor, uh, Sean from Bug House. Oh, Square. our neighbor, yeah, yeah. And we're doing a four-hour set from 6 to 10. We're, we're combining our two, our two yes. blocks. And we're doing instrumental songs. Yeah. So that should be a good time. No words. No words. I mean, we'll, 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 I'll be jammering and yabber jabbering and here in between, but, uh, but yeah, yeah, no words. No words in the music anyway. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it should be a good time, and we'll let the residents take us out. Thanks for hanging out with us. serious about fire precautions. Rumors are circulating online that an annual unsanctioned gathering of thousands of people will make its way back to Colorado this summer. Good evening. I'm Kelly Worthman. Thank you for joining us here on CBS4 and now streaming on CBS News Colorado. The Rainbow Family Gathering marks its 50th year this summer. The loose-knit group of world peace-seeking people meet on national forest land for days, even weeks at a time. And after a number of destructive wildfires, many Coloradans are concerned a gathering like this is just too big of a risk. Our Connor McHugh is live. McHugh is live in Lakewood tonight at the National Forest Service office, and Connor officials there and really around the state are keeping a pretty close eye on this. Yeah, Kelly, while this year's location has not been decided, Colorado officials suspect it will be here in this state because this is where the gathering all began several decades ago. Whether or not that is the case, the Forest Service here does have a team ready to respond. 
For almost five decades, the Rainbow Family of Living Light has gathered once a year on national forest lands all across the country. Each time, they come from all over, have no leaders, and gather for days in the name of love and world peace. It's an idea of cooperation. It's an idea of building community. This year will be Gary Stubbs' 39th Rainbow Gathering. It also marks the 50th year since the first ever meetup near Granby. Some people are expecting as few as 10,000. Others of us are thinking we might get as many as 30,000. While this year's location has yet to be determined, rumors are already swirling. We're anticipating that they may go back to that location, but it's just really in the planning and initial planning stages right now. Hillary Markin works with the Forest Services team dedicated to the Rainbow Gathering. She says planning is often a challenge since the group does not apply for permits. They pride themselves sometimes in changing locations and surprising us. The last gathering in Colorado was in 2006, where rangers issued hundreds of tickets for drug violations and illegal camping. This year, impacts to the land and fire danger are among their top concerns. The area has been hit hard by wildfires in the past years down in New Mexico in 2021. We were within stage one fire restrictions for part of the gathering and enforced those very strongly. You know, we're pretty liberal about a lot of stuff, but we are dead serious about fire precautions. Stubbs says the Rainbow family enforces its own restrictions and has a fire watch group. As for the trash, a team of volunteers stays behind to clean up. While he's doubtful, the gathering will be in Granby this year. Officials are still preparing. We want to be there to help the community, to help support the area, and also work to the safety and health and protect the resources. The location of the gathering won't be decided until June. The Grand County Sheriff tells us today that he is aware his county is a possibility, and he is preparing and will strive to minimize the impact on the local community. Live tonight, Connor McHugh covering Colorado First. Google... Rock me, mama, like a wagon wheel. Rock me, mama, anyway. 
like the solo would normally come. But there's no one to play a solo, so I'm just going to talk bullshit. <coughs> going south out of Roanoke. Rock around Philly had a nice long talk. But he's headed west to come and get Johnson City, Tennessee. Helicopter and a move on for the sun. Hear my baby calling my name, but I know that she's the one. And if I die, right at least I'll die free. Southbound train, hey, mama, rock me, rock me, mama, like a wide wing, rock me, mama, hey, where you feel, hey, mama, rock me, hey, mama, rock me. This episode is brought to you by Choir League. Because this Sunday, Denver's drinking group with a singing problem is bringing their choral bangers to the Stanley Marketplace. Choir League takes the music seriously, but their shows are more relaxed than your typical classical music concert. They encourage audience members to move around, grab a drink during the concert, or just get up and dance if you're feeling it. This particular concert is special because it was inspired by a playlist from Choir League members. These are the songs that they could not wait to get together and sing again after, you know, the pandemic. Tickets are on sale at Eventbrite now. For more info on the program and the choir, visit choirleague.com or email info at choirleague.com. Today on CityCast Denver. Celebrating its 50th anniversary this year, the Rainbow Gathering of the Tribes is set to potentially bring thousands of campers to Colorado this summer for their annual weeks-long celebration. But not everyone is excited about this massive festival of camping hippies. The Colorado Sun described the Rainbow Gathering as a, quote, national bacchanal and cited locals' concerns with potential wildfires, illegal activity, and trash coming along with the thousands of attendees. When this news dropped a few weeks ago, the backlash was swift and vocal, with a Reddit post on how to take action against the event garnering more than 600 comments in less than 24 hours. But no one actually talked to anyone who's been to a Rainbow Gathering. So we found someone. Today is Tuesday, April 19th, 2022. I'm Bree Davies, and this is CityCast Denver.
Tenali Rennick, welcome to CityCast Denver. It's good to be here. Thank you for having me. So the reason I wanted to talk to you was here in Colorado, there was sort of some hubbub when folks learned that the annual Rainbow Gathering may be coming back to Colorado for its 50th anniversary. And folks were worried about thousands of people coming and potentially trampling on our precious outdoors. But I I want to hear from you, a firsthand experienced person, what what are people getting wrong about Rainbow Gathering? Well, first, like they started in 1972, and since it's become a global phenomenon because they happen all around the world now in many countries, and I've been to several gatherings outside the U.S., and one thing I've noticed is the U.S. is always the least welcoming. <laughs> uh, there's always a little bit of hysteria, but um, for me, I think the fear that people have is natural, but I... I I think something that gets exaggerated is how many people are going to attend. I just saw an article yesterday that there was a claim that 80,000 were attending. And (laughs) you know what? I don't think, I believe the first gathering in 1972, by all accounts, was roughly 20,000. And I believe the biggest gathering that I've ever attended was probably 1997 in Oregon. That probably was 20-ish, 25,000. But it's always hard to say because it's just a guesstimate. Like, we've never even had 40,000, 50,000, much less 80,000. So I think those are exaggerated. And I think that puts people on edge because they're like 80,000 people. And, and, and nowadays, I mean, I'd be surprised with Colorado if we get 10,000. But I could be wrong. So... I don't know. Maybe more will show. Sure, sure. And and I mean, I, I get the the fear in that, like, you know, if we say like a traditional music festival, there's a, it's a ticketed event. There's some sort of infrastructure around it. it thinking about 20,000 people showing up into a space can be a little bit daunting. So but do you think that the I guess these these concerns about trash and crime and particularly Colorado, we have, we deal with wildfires and it's been pretty detrimental. Are those founded concerns? I mean, are these like legit things that we should be worrying about? If there wasn't the cleanup effort and the dedication involved, rainbow gatherings would not have existed for as long as they have. I mean, you wouldn't have 50 years if you just trashed a place. I personally have seen well over a dozen previous annual sites, uh, you know, sites that have had 10, 20,000 people at them. And you can't see the impact. Like I've gone and tried to see like uh, finding the old slit latrines or an old compost pit. And it's very hard. Like you'd have to really know what you're looking for. And even then it's very difficult because you can see a slight depression in the earth or something, but it's, it's, the cleanup effort that is involved with Rainbow that, that you know, several dozens of people stay for weeks after cleaning up and sorting through the recycling and dispersing trails. Um, we usually work with the Forest Service during the cleanup process, like how, you know, we dismantle all the bridges, all the kitchen stuff. And, um, I mean, it looks really, really good. And as someone who's an avid hiker and camper, I mean, I've been in national forests. I've seen the the box string mattresses and the beer cans. You know, I, there's trash in the forest. And sometimes we go to a gathering site and we're cleaning up trash, you know. So it's 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 there. And, it, you know, and it's a, it's a responsibility of all of us that go camping, whether it's a rainbow gathering or not, to clean up after yourself. 
Yeah, that's making more sense to me now, actually, that you're saying it because I'm thinking about the difference between it would be like if you went to a music festival as a patron, but you also were part of a cleanup crew mm-hmm. and also maybe you were a performer. Like there was more fluidity around the roles that people have within these gatherings. Yeah, like for me, the Rainbow Gathering is is not a vacation. I go there and I you, people are hiking miles a day. They're carrying in sacks of rice for two miles. Um, you're, you know, digging a, a compost pit um, and you're putting up tarps. And it, they're, just the day-to-day activity, it, it is absolutely not a vacation for me. Maybe s- some people might treat it as such, but even if you barely lift a finger, you're still hiking. You're still carrying your own stuff in or whatever. So it is very much more a sense of like a a pilgrimage and more of like a okay. a journey like a, as a friend once described it's like boot camp for the soul <laughs> and uh i think that's very apt description because there are for me many lessons that can be learned at a rainbow gathering and I, there's been many takeaways each gathering i learned something new and it helps refine my sense of like being patient, uh, listening to one another, adding more com- care and compassion in my life. I love this idea. It's sort of a informal space to learn how to be a better human sometimes, it sounds like. Yeah, exactly. And so all of these like magical like performances that I would hear on the campfire led me to want to start field recording at Rainbow Gathering. So I started doing that in 2000, and I've been doing it ever since. So over 20 years, I've amassed an archive of nearly 1,500 recordings mixed of, like, ambient nature sounds, campfire music, poetry stories, random kitchen chatter. It's, it's, a, vast, uh, it's a vast archive. This episode is brought to you by the How to Buy a Home podcast. If you're waiting for the right time to buy a house, you might be missing your moment. And rents aren't getting any cheaper in Denver. In fact, they just went up again in April. This is where David Sedoni and his How to Buy a Home podcast come in. He's an industry expert who wants to share his knowledge and experience with you. His show is a great guide for first-time homebuyers because David answers questions like, can I buy a home with a 600 credit score? Should I start looking for a home now, even as prices keep rising? The answer to those questions is yes. And David is here to guide you every step of the way. And you know what? David has already helped several CityCast listeners just like you. Find How to Buy a Home wherever you listen to podcasts and on YouTube. I read a Vice article from 2014 that kind of talked about concerns about allegations of violence that have happened at rainbow gatherings. Like in Utah that year, a woman was arrested for stabbing a man and then another woman was found dead. What is your response to that kind of coverage? Well, I think anytime you get, you know, hundreds of people together, schisms will arise. (laughs) It's inevitable. And um, rainbow gatherings are a microcosm of the macrocosm of society. And things can happen. Uh, And that Vice article is really like the thorn in our side because that happened Mm. in uh, 2014 in Utah. 
and now it's the article that's always all over the internet forever. <laughs> and it's like after 50 years, if you have 50 yeah. years of gathering thousands of people together and you never had an incident or incidents, I would be very, I would think you were lying. So yes, problems have arisen over the years and do arise. And it's more about how do we collectively as the community uh, handle it. I think part of the, the hard part for folks outside of it to understand is it's so the informal aspect, right? There's no hierarchy. There's no official collective or group. How do folks get involved uh, with the Rainbow family if they want? Um, well, there's the old adage, those that do the doing say all the doing gets done. So it's – you um, people just kind of go and if you – if it's something you're attracted to, people just kind of get involved. People that have asked me about Rainbow, oh, would I go to it? Well, first thing I always ask people is, do you like camping? And I've had friends you know, or acquaintances say, no, I hate it. And I say, well, <laughs> you'll hate a Rainbow Gathering. Don't go. Because <laughs> if you don't love camping, don't go to a Rainbow Gathering because you'll hate that. And then you'll hate everything else. But if you like camping and you like people and you like um, you know, creative expression and, and – um, non-commercial kind of event and the sharing of things, uh, Rainbow Gathering might be something of interest to you. And then generally I try to encourage people if they're going for the first time to kind of poke around when you get there and find a, an affinity kind of camp that you feel like the best vibes. Like, oh, this, this, this one is more up my alley. Maybe someday. And then just try to get involved. Ask if uh, you can do anything. So say I live in an area that's near where Rainbow Gathering might happen, like I live in a mountain town or something. What would you want me to know? Or like, what if I'm I'm still nervous or scared about all these thousands of people showing up? What What's the thing you'd want me to know? Know that it's it's a temporary thing. Know that there will be care involved to make sure it is cleaned up. Um, like I mentioned earlier, weeks of dedication there, there shouldn't be the, the hysteria. And I've never before seen in my nearly 30 years of gathering articles that are coming out in April. This is so early. Yeah. And with the barrage of them that have came out, I don't know what in like lit the spark, but like, uh, what was it a week or two ago? It was Suddenly, it was just article after article after article. A lot of them were like, really like, oh, everyone had all the heebie-jeebies about it. And I was like, oh, my God. And everybody in like the online, a lot of gatherers were like, what is all this? Oh, my gosh. Totally. And I think a local person should just know it's it's a one-time thing. You should feel lucky if it comes to your town because it's – and especially this year, this is the 50th year. It's the year of the Jubilee. It's 50 year anniversary of an event that's been a phenomenon that's remained outside of the realm of like the commercial world for this long. I really appreciate you giving us a sort of insider perspective. I understand the hesitancy for folks in Rainbow Gathering to not want to talk because, you know, you don't want to represent everyone, especially because there's this very informal nature. But I think it helps so much for folks who have never been to one to hear from someone who has firsthand experience with it. Yeah, and I and and again, like I'm just me. Like you talk to someone else, they'll have a totally different point of view. Totally. So it's it's really depends who you talk to. Tanali Rennick, thank you.
you so much for joining me. Yeah, it was, I was glad to be here. And here's what else Denverites are talking about. Denver Public Schools Board Vice President Tay Anderson is in the news again, this time because his lawsuit has been dismissed. Well, most of the lawsuit anyway. Westwood reports that in November, Anderson filed a suit claiming he was defamed by BLM 5280 and several individuals. A judge dismissed all claims except those against Parker activist Jeeva Sinlothan. Speaking of lawsuits, former DeVita CEO Kent Theory and the company were found not guilty of conspiracy. Nine News reports that DeVita and Theory were accused of violating the Sherman Act, which would have kept employees from seeking work opportunities at other dialysis companies. Be sure to check out the CityCast Denver newsletter, where today, Peyton Garcia digs into the details of the lawsuit's outcome. Read and subscribe at denver.citycast.fm forward slash newsletter. That's all for today here on CityCast Denver. If you enjoyed the show, why not take a minute to tell a friend about us and rate the show wherever you get your podcasts. No, seriously, rate us five stars and leave us a nice note on Apple Podcasts if you're so inclined. It really helps other Mile High City dwellers like you find our show, and that means a lot to us. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. Bye! <laughs> I love acting and playing myself. It's, it's my ultimate role. Brie Davies. I'm sure you do. Broken up, right? Of course you do. Standing by a train And there's nothing fucking right about It's driving me insane There's puddle water and a needle in my vein And it's cussing through my blood And it's mixed with cheap cocaine The tracks of my arm led to the tricks of my sleep I'm broken fucking hungry and I'm living on the streets The tracks of my arm led to the tricks of my sleep I'm broken fucking hungry and I need a bite to eat Take a trip going back to Montreal. Cold and windy ride with my woman and my dogs. We'll drink all day as we party through the night. I'm blacking out on liquor and I'm looking for a fight because the tracks up my omelet to the tricks up my sleeve. I'm broken, fucking hungry, and I'm living on the streets. The tracks up my omelet to the tricks up my sleeve. I'm broken, fucking hungry, and I need a bite to eat. Take a trip going back to Montreal. A cold and windy ride with my woman and my dogs. We drink all day and we party through the night. I'm blacking out on liquor and I'm looking for a fight. The tracks up my omelet to the tricks up my sleeve. I'm broken, fucking hungry, and I'm living on the streets. The tracks up my omelet to the tricks up my sleeve. I'm broken, fucking hungry, and I need a bite to eat.
Route County officials get emergency management training with rainbow gathering, wildfires, and mind. There is a fair chance the gathering could happen in Route County as did in 2006. By Dylan Anderson with Steamboat Pilot and Today, April 26, 2022. As several local officials gathered in Route County's Emergency Operations Center for Emergency Management Training, County Emergency Manager Mo DeMorat told them to keep two things in mind. The first was wildfires, historically the cause of the lion's share of emergencies in the county, including three large fires since 2020 that each cost about $10 million to combat. The other was more unique. There is still a good possibility we have the Rainbow Family gather in Route County, DeMorat said, referencing a planned gathering of as many as 30,000 people that will return to Colorado this year for its 50th anniversary. We still don't know, but there is a fair chance it could be in Route County. Earlier this month, commissioners in Grand County sent a statement to Sky High News saying the gathering could happen there, near where the group had first gathered at Strawberry Lake. But the group also gathered near Clark in 2006, and even if they don't gather in Route County, that amount of people will require help from neighboring counties. They keep it very secret and they won't advertise it, so no one really knows, DeMorat said of the gathering's location. Wherever it's going to be, it's going to be a big impact, and I don't necessarily mean that in a negative way. Any time, in addition to our normal tourism, you have an influx of thousands of people, it's going to be a strain on resources. The officials, elected commissioners, and Steamboat City Council members, as well as various city, county, fire district, and law enforcement personnel, gathered Tuesday, April 26th, to learn about their role in responding to an emergency, whether that be the much-talked-about gathering or a more traditional emergency like a flood or fire. Bobby Lucero, the Northwest Colorado field manager for the Colorado Department of Emergency Management, spent a few hours walking the officials through a variety of the processes and agreements used to manage emergencies, emphasizing that now is the best time to understand their role, not when an emergency situation is unfolding. Then when you have that bad day, everybody understands their roles and responsibility, Lucero said. Lucero shared a colorful diagram with numerous lines and shapes outlining the life cycle of a disaster with the roles of the various incident management, emergency operations, and policy group teams identified. She said there are eight-hour classes focused solely on explaining the diagram. For example, the incident manager would be the one to order an evacuation and the emergency operations people would be the ones to communicate that out to the public. But there are also people working on developing longer-term planning, ensuring resources get to that incident, and paying attention to the cost of response. Lucero said many of these agreements and resolutions outlining who has authority over an incident can be put in place or at least drafted before an emergency starts. That's the point of this class, Lucero said, being able to identify what do we need pre-disaster, not when there's smoke in the air. We need to talk about this stuff now. Lucero said she has been in on planning meetings with the U.S. Forest Service, preparing for the Rainbow Gathering. Commissioners in Grand County have even asked her about putting on putting an emergency declaration in place now to ensure they can get the resources should the Rainbow come to Grand County. If the gathering was to be elsewhere in the state, Lucero said her agency and the Forest Service would share any planning with local officials there. If information was strong, the rainbows were coming to Route County. She recommended officials get agreements with the Forest Service in place, as they will likely depend on local resources in addition to their own. 
We're all trying to be prepared for it, Demorat said. It's just a matter of an influx of that many people that are drawing upon limited resources. We only have so many ambulances that are on duty at any one time. Colorado and Wyoming are bracing for the potential influx of up to 50,000 people between mid-June and mid-July, as the Rainbow Family of Living Light plans its 50th anniversary celebration and its first real gathering since the onset of the COVID-19 pandemic. The Rainbow Family describes itself as a, quote, loose-knit group of people without leadership or organization who gather on national forests to discuss political and environmental issues, pray for world peace, and celebrate life. Other than the pandemic years, the national gathering has been held every year since 1972, typically drawing between 10,000 and 20,000 people from all walks of life to different public lands. The exact location upon which some 30 to 50,000 people will descend this summer has not yet been determined. Carbon County Emergency Manager Lenny Lehman is monitoring the situation and expects a decision on one of five Colorado locations in the coming weeks. 
in no particular order. First is near Durango, uh, which is probably the farthest south, which is the one that I hope they pick. Number two is Mesa County, kind of the Grand Junction Palisades area. And then the other three are uh, somewhere up north, somewhere either in Jackson, Moffat, or Route County. Small groups of so-called Rainbow family members scout locations as the weather warms. They then congregate for an annual spring council discussing options and selecting a site. The decision won't be made until June. As the emergency manager for Carbon, which shares its southern border and its national forests and grasslands with northwest Colorado, Lehman is thinking ahead to the potential impacts for municipalities like the towns of Encampment, Riverside, and Saratoga. He's also worried about the gathering's proximity to the massive burn scar left behind by the East Troublesome Fire, which originated just northeast of Kremlin, Colorado, and burned over more than 192,000 acres before it was contained in late November 2020. The one that has me most concern is the one that's in Jackson, which is the one that sounds like they may end up choosing. Might be in the North North Park area, uh, kind of near Kremlin. Speaking to the Board of Carbon County Commissioners, Lehman explained his biggest fear. My grave concern would be is that, so it's a, it's a month long, and it's probably between the, starting around the 15th of June to the 15th of July, give or take a week on either end. If something were to happen, if they gather down in Colorado and something were to happen like a lightning strike or a fire, that population certainly would be driven north. Once they get to three-way, they're either going to go to Laramie or going to come to Carbon, and uh, I think they would come to Carbon. So I'm plugged in now to uh, Homeland Security, uh, both Wyoming and Colorado. The National Significant Wildland Fire Potential Outlook issued on May 1st by the National Interagency Fire Center states that the North American monsoon is likely to arrive on time and be robust meaning the potential early moisture surges during June could result in periods of lightning across Colorado and Wyoming, with above-normal significant fire potential forecasted across the High Plains and in the northern Rockies, mainly east of the Continental Divide, where drought conditions are expected to worsen in late summer. Because of the lack of leadership and organization, rainbow family gatherings are notoriously hard for governmental entities like the National Forest Service to regulate and permit. Within the family, there's no organized group, so the Forest Service is very, not hesitant, but very challenged in enforcing a permit. A permit would mean that they start on a certain day and they end on a certain day. One of the challenges that they had in the Colorado one is when they started and they were supposed to end on a Sunday, this was a number of years ago, the group just decided we don't want to end, we're going to stay another couple of weeks. And it was complete chaos, stabbings, multiple casualties. It was pretty ugly. The group has no formal website, but a bio on its Reddit page calls it, quote, the largest non-organization of non-members in the world. Lehman explained that the Forest Service intends to handle the event with two incident management teams. One on the law enforcement side and one on the Forest Service side, both ran by the Forest Service, but lots of variables, lots of concerns on both sides of the state line 
on how this is going to look and, you know, added concerns, added EMS. Due to environmental and social impacts and the timing and location of its gatherings in relation to wildfire season, the Rainbow Family gatherings have amassed many critics. Rainbow Family members dig trench latrines, make bonfires, develop water sources, create makeshift kitchens, and establish shuttles on public lands where they reside for weeks at a time. CBS News for Denver's Connor McHugh reports that in 2006, the last time a Rainbow Family gathering took place in Colorado, U.S. Forest Service Rangers issued, quote, hundreds of tickets for drug violations and illegal camping. This year, impacts to the land and fire danger are their top concerns. More than a decade after some 6,000 Rainbow family members descended upon the Big Sandy area southeast of Pinedale in June and July 2008, many longtime residents still speak about the gathering with disdain, claiming the family took over the area and left a major mess that included abandoned vehicles, broken glass, toilet paper, and enormous fire pits, among other debris. So what I've been told, and, and this is all somewhat hearsay, it's after action of the, the Pinedale, plus there's one down in, in Colorado that I did some, uh, got some after actions. There's garbage, sanitation, porta-potties was another big action item out of the Pinedale. Yeah, it, it's challenging. While rainbows, as they're sometimes called, primarily promote peace and love at the gatherings, laymen said they're also known for fighting amongst themselves. The whole gathering is broken up into probably three or four different groups. So for lack of, uh, you know, being politically correct, there's the druggy type group. There's the groups that are anti-drug. There are groups that are more of the, the nature lover types groups. And when they gather in the large settings, they set themselves up in the different groups. And then there becomes chaos and, and challenges amongst themselves within the groups. In a Reddit thread, a user who goes by Mondo purports to have, quote, been doing rainbows since 1977, every western state, 12 countries. Mondo says he works the Seed Camp and Kitty Village during gatherings and stays behind with a cleanup crew, quote, for as long as it takes. Mondo says the family always obeys fire regulations at gatherings and even has so-called fire trolls who ensure campfires are not breaking any local rules. He further says no private fires are allowed at the gatherings and that any fire lit must be properly dug out to avoid root fires, attended at all times, accompanied by a five-gallon bucket of water and at least one shovel. I'm Callie O'Hare. Reporting. Let's watch a full length movie on YouTube with This is Carl, uh, I, I, Mike's friend. I wrote this song. Uh, my turn-ons are satin sheets and waves. Champagne tickles my nose. And I love to paint outdoors. Listen, you should follow me on Twitter. It's jokes to Carl, the French duh, not the oh, oh, duh. Let's
L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman and Carl, my fellow mate and fellow DJ. Hi, Carl. <laughs> You're me best mate, Mike. Thanks for having me on, unlike. I'm me fellow DJ. Uh, Carl and I are broadcasting right now on mutinyradio.fm. Uh, we do this every Sunday, 2 p.m., Pacific Standard Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We're also as a podcast by our acronym L-W-A-F-L-M-L-Y-T. And we also are a video spectacle on YouTube uh, at our YouTube channel, L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. Carl, that stands for Let's Watch, a full-length movie on YouTube. We're going to oh. watch. Oh. And a full-length movie someone posted. Like on the platform of YouTube? I'm nervous about this one okay. because okay. I have, I saw a black cat cross my path and I said, well, that's bad luck. And yeah. then the cat stabbed me and I said, really bad luck, yeah, right? Not and then I, well. I went under a ladder and, uh, and then uh, this opium I took really took me under. And uh, <laughs> well, anyway, I, I don't want this movie to get pulled from YouTube. I love it. Uh, Carl, what, what movie are we watching today? Today we will watch Kevin and Perry go large. That's what you put in the YouTube search engine, but you use the ampersand, not and. Yeah, Kevin. you'll be here all day if you use the and word. <laughs> ampersand. And Perry is P-E-R-R-Y, which is short for periwinkle? <laughs> uh, no, uh, per, uh, pers I don't know. Percival. So it's go large. Yeah, maybe. Kevin and Perry go large. Kevin ampersand Perry go large. It's 2000, but the, I don't think you need to put that into the YouTube search. Engine. I think you'll find it. And we are looking for the full length movie, not necessarily its seminal original soundtrack. So make sure that we are looking for video of the movie and not individual tracks or the entire soundtrack. Uh, Carl, where can we find who's hosting the movie we're watching today? We like the channel Zach Backler, Z-A-K, Zach. And then Backler, which is like back, and then L-E-R. Sounds good. Well, I also uh, mentioned that, uh, so here's what we need you to do. So what I need you to mention. The movie is called Kevin and Perry Go Large from 2000. We want you to type in Kevin and Perry Go Large with the ampersand for and. You'll see it. Uh, our good friend Rex uh, Backler is hosting it. That's the channel. Click it. I just did that. And then hit pause. Move the uh, PlayStation 4 controller or whatever controller you're using to move the timer to the left. So you're at zero, zero, zero. We're going to have a celebrity comedian countdown segment. Carl has spoken to a celebrity comedian. I haven't heard this, but I know yeah. it's a celebrity comedian. Scoured the country. Oh, my God. Uh, and uh, he, it's going to be a, uh, great. You can get to know a little bit more about the, the celebrity comedian. Celebrity Comedian will do the countdown. Uh, it gives you enough time to find this movie. Get ready and join us uh, after this Celebrity Comedian countdown. Ladies and gentlemen, Paul Brumba! All right. Can you figure all right, so let's get this started. I am I am ready. It was a live show. We're very excited to have Paul here as our countdown gentleman. Let's get ready to Brumba. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, let's get ready to Brumba. Okay, so let's get ready to Brumba. And now, what you've all been waiting for, Master of the Descending Numerals.
the Countdown King himself. Would you please welcome Mr. Paul Brumbaugh? All right, guys, you know the drill. Put that finger right over that triangle and do it in three, two, one, go. That was a terrific celebrity comedian countdown. Yeah, Paul this one. I can't believe you got Paul Brumbaugh. Right, right. Our original Paul Brumbaugh. Did you get Paul or the Brumbots? I got the Brumbot and Paul clips. So we're going to start off with Queen Anne. Uh, right. Now this is right. This is a historic drama. This is an English film. Yeah, I noticed that. So of course they'll be talking about Queen Anne. Mm-hmm. Now this is where all the budget went to, I guess. No, they did not build that castle. That is Dover Castle in England. It, it exists it, already. But they didn't go to BBC Dover and say, can we borrow some yes. uh, Queen Anne they, they uh, costumes? They rented yeah. it. Now, is this a true story about Queen Anne, or did they make this up? This is a historical drama. You see, down to the puffed-up cleavage she's uh, in, right. historic uh, retelling. Yeah. You said British historic and down, and I said, "Oh no, not Downton Abbey! I can't do it! I can't do it! Don't make me such dumb shoe!" Oh, getting a little head. Thank you, Carl. Joke number one. So what now? He's getting, you know, the executioner's like getting talked out of it. Like, look at me, I'm young. I have years of shagging left. (laughs) I got years of. One of the great things is these accents. You know, it's too bad you're on the trigger of the sound. Because that okay, now here's our hero. Right. Uh Harry Ellsworth. Right. Ellsworth? Uh it is Harry Enfield. Now Harry Enfield had a TV show. I knew that. The oh, one of yeah. the reasons why awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Now so the premise of our podcast are these are movies uh, I heard about and now I get to see on YouTube. But I heard about this movie because of the soundtrack. The soundtrack is the best thing in the world. And then I was like, there's a movie attached to this original soundtrack? Get out of here. <laughs> What's this DVD? Is this like a audio, like music videos of the of soundtrack? Now, you're right. Now, this was a very influential kind of cult hit off of the soundtrack, which, as you know, and I'm a big fan of too, is called Yip Yap Music. A lot of Yip. Oh, can you demonstrate uh, uh, Yip Yap Music? All I want to do is do it. Me too. Me too. All I want to do is do it. Me too. Me too. You know, I oh. thought it was Big Girl. Big Girl. Big Girl. <laughs> really? Yeah. Well, maybe it's Me Too. Uh, it's a really complex song. <laughs> Let's. We'll listen when it's time. Okay. So what we're seeing is a 15-year-old having his fantasies. We weren't ha- seeing a historic drama. We are... Okay, here comes Perry. Perry, his best friend, his Garth to his way. Right. right. Now, when I first saw Perry, I thought this was a woman. Okay. Oh, you mean like playing a female character? I thought, no, it would. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Playing a female character. But no, I said, oh, no, it's a dude. And so I watched the whole film, It's a Dude. And then I did the research and I was like, oh, <laughs> it's a lady. Kathy Kathy Burke playing the male fifteen uh, year old best friend, right? Perry. And she you know, did in the original show. This is sort of like, you know, like how Saturday Night Live sketch becomes a movie. That's sort of what this is for England. 
Well, that's what kind of attracted my eye. Like, so I said, oh, there's a movie to this. And I said, oh, Harry Enfield, isn't he like the loads of money guy? Like, I recognize his name as like a force of pop culture in British, uh, I guess, 80s pop culture. But he's got um, I only pulled out the credits that like our American crowd would relate. Sure. What was the American movie he was in? Well, he was in French and Saunders in England in 87. But we know that name here. Right. And he was in Black Adder as a narrator in 88. We know that. All right. Well, then he was on a show called Saturday, Saturday Live, it was called. Right. Which was a big one. 26 episodes he was on that. That's kind of how TV got to know him. Then he had Harry Enfield Presents Kevin's Guide to Being a Teenager, which was just a short. Then he had this show called Chums. Harry Enfield and Chums. Chums. sketch on it. So he's like probably in his 40s playing Uh, a 15-year-old. He is born in 61, so he's Today he's okay. So this show, no, no, but this was two thousand. This movie, right? Seventy-one, eighty-one, ninety-one, close to four, uh, maybe thirty-nine, thirty, late thirties. Yeah. There we go. I don't know. I suspend disbelief that these are two fifteen-year-old boys. Well, I think it's funnier. No, it's like that TV show on Hulu, Pen Fifteen, where the mm-hmm. the leads adolescents are played by grown-ups, and everyone <laughs> else are are, are age appropriate. You know, like it's the the humor that they go through of these like teenage boys. It's funnier that these adults are playing these teenage boys because they're, <laughs> they're horrible people. Now, did you see the fish burgers uh, doing the dookie? Yeah, I did. Uh oh, yeah. the sign. Okay, so they're buying a porno mag with their change, and they're trying to be secret about it. You know, putting up their hoods, and here comes a cop, and for some reason, there's pressure on them. I guess just socially. A cop's not going to arrest. Oh, because they're underage. I guess that's why. right. They're fifteen, and those magazines in Europe, you have to be at least twelve to. to it's funny. I've seen this oh. is the fourth watching for me. Look at that English uh, mailbox. Mailbox, yeah. How did Doctor Who do it? <laughs> oh, that was a phone booth, British phone booth. <laughs> like the genie in the bottle to get. Oh, did Danger thing. Danger Mouse lived in a uh, British? Yes, mailbox. right. Yeah. So. So I guess it's uh, I wa- this is my third fourth time watching it, and just like you were saying, they're they're grown ups, really. Yeah. They kind of look it like even though I suspend disbelief. So that's when when they were buying a magazine, I was like, why don't why do they care? The yeah. Why, is is the guy going to scold him for not getting a subscription already? Okay. You should know you could use your credit card and that get was a subscription. brown paper. Nobody that's will right. know. Okay, so the joke is they got caught by his father with a porno mag. They both had boners. No, no, he. he no, they didn't have a boner yet. Are we doing a? Are we doing a boner uh, account in this movie? How many boner erections we see in this film? All right, I'm up for that challenge. That sounds like a reasonable. But this doesn't count when they're like lying on their on their groin. Well, no, because in the movie they make a joke out of boing a lot. Yeah. So we'll count jokes, dick jokes, boner jokes. So all he wants to do is do it. Me too. Me too. And he he figured because they're buddy, their their fellow DJs, they can go to the Mediterranean island of Ibiza 
mm-hmm. and be top DJs and and do it. So they just found in the porno mag they got that girls shag all the time in the <laughs> what's the name of this? What is it called again? Ibiza. It's, Look at this. Ibiza. Right. Ibiza. And so now they're going to their parents saying, can we please go to IBs? And they're like, of course not. No. What for what? Not spending that money. Get a job. Get a job, you lout. And he's doing this like so funny stuff. Like, that's so unfair. That's so unfair. Like to have like a late guy, a grown up guy, just acting like a 14 year old on a base. Oh, and Mr. Mrs. Patterson, can I get a ham sandwich? No, a jam sandwich, right? Yeah, ham. Yep, jam. So funny. So Garth, this movie's tough, Carl. Yeah. I almost, I have to tell our audience, uh, being Mike Spiegelman, I almost well stunned Carl and say, let's not do this movie. It's too oh, good. Yeah. It's too perfect. It's like ripping strange brew. How can I do that to myself? <laughs> well, I mean, it is funny. Like he's just run away from home and that's him running away from home. He's in the hedge in the front. You know, one of the reasons why I think this is a good, bad movie is that the premise itself is a bad premise to have adults play children. Like Pen15 showed me that it's not true. However, there was a movie in the 90s called Clifford with Martin Short playing like a precocious, nasty little 10-year-old who was like the dentist to uh, Charles Grodin's Mr. Wilson. And it wasn't good. It was just a a really hard movie to sit through. Like really, it took me a year to watch it. Uh Uh-huh. Can I see it just for history? No, it's one of those bad, bad films. I people love it. There's a cult to it. Is it the guy with the slicked up hair? Oh, yeah, yeah, right. The I Ed Grimley. Yeah. What? I must oh, say. That, oh, I'm wrong. He's not. It's no, not it's, that it is, it's that actor, but it's not that character. Yeah. He's playing like he, the actor of the character is playing a 10-year-old who's like kind of corrects everything he says. Like. But it's obviously the actor, the adult mm-hmm. actor, but everything is like set up for size for him to walk around and act like a 10 year old. Oh, really? So it's and physical. Yeah. Yeah. But these guys pull it off. Oh, this is like the ultimate teenage fantasy is like his funeral. Yeah, he'll be sorry when he'll I. He'll be sorry. Dead. He's oh, in there. Oh, he's oh, in the cab. <laughs> yeah, I'm dead now. Yeah. Yeah. The parents like, oh, if only we let him stay up late. Right, right. He wouldn't kill himself. Uh, uh, there he goes. That he's just right behind And now he's going back inside. Oh, oh, you're the uh, worst. I'm not yeah. a slave. Oh, I can't yeah. touch anymore. So it was the same actors in the TV show who played the parents because they get a lot more to do in this movie. Not the dad. Uh, oh. The mom, yes. Let's see. There were cast changes. Okay. Here, okay. Uh, Enfield, Kathy Burke, and Louisa Ricks, who you'll see later, returned to their roles. Uh, James Fleet, this father here, replaced Stephen Moore as Kevin's father. Uh, James Fleet, who plays Kevin's dad in the movie, actually played his school teacher in Harry Enfield and Chums. Interesting. So, yeah, so he was in the original sketch. Different guy. So now they're on the prowl to like find a job. And then right, this is that one. It's like stepbrothers. They go out in tuxedos. So they go to the record store immediately. Mm-hmm. 
Although yeah. the film received mixed reviews upon release, it's since gained a cult following primarily oh. due to its soundtrack. And that's how you found out, right? Yeah. Oh, he's, oh, I thought he was jerking off, but he's just pouring. It's actually when they, re it's like a reveal, Carl. I was misled. I was bait and switch. He's actually. Bait and switch those, these writers. These uh -oh. writers. That's, I, he, that's all he thinks about. Yeah. Like uh, the, the soundtrack is, I mean, this is one thing about this show. Like this is a tough haul because it's all about the audio. It's all about the weird voices that they try to affect us no. as 14 year old, 15 year old. Um. And the soundtrack is just every song. I don't know. I was watching Blade Trilogy, all three movies, right, at once. Why like you do that to yourself. Is that the Wesley Snipes film? It is. Yeah, sure. Because that's like, I had never seen it in my life. And I said, I should watch them. And then my streaming service is like, you're never going to see it on this streaming service. You're going to have to go to Tubi. I'm like, I don't want to go to Tubi. They got ads. And uh, so I've been watching like a half hour of each of them. And one of the things about that i like is this it's the techno they embrace techno but right. the way of pulling it off this movie pulls it off yeah like right now the hardcore techno is playing or whatever what and... let me hear yes the autobus yes the autobus uh carl took ecstasy carl took ecstasy Crossing XZ. Out of my mind. Out of my mind. Yip yap. Yip yap. Well, I know I'm just making a joke. Yip yap. You mean in the real world, this is a good soundtrack. Yeah. Oh, no, because every song is like a class. I think this is Underworld King of Snakes. All right. Hang on. King of Snakes. King of Snakes. A girl getting in bed. We're about to hit hit one on our boner count. This is a long extended boner. This kind of sets up the entire movie. <laughs> Get your boner expectations clear. All right. So I don't know. Some euphoric mishmash. Now she, oh, was she oh, in the show? Okay. Is, she, is she the other one you're talking about? No. We're going to meet her on the island. Okay. Iberra. Erection. Erection count one. Okay. Let me note it. One boner. <laughs> Look, he's pitching a tent, man. It's, my goodness. You know, uh, their their parents get into more crazy situations. I think it has two ends, boner, right? Otherwise, I'm spelling boner. No, it's boner. Like, uh, so it's one n. Yeah. Okay. You you've seen Growing Pains with Kirk Cameron? His best friend was boner. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And don't forget, because in in Leave It to Beaver. Eddie, Eddie's best friend was Lumpy. Remember, Lumpy. like, Wally would hang out with Eddie and Lumpy? So does Lumpy mean, like, he's got a lump in his pants? That's what I'm thinking. Okay. Well, I mean, what does boner mean on growing pains? No, but I'm saying the slang, yeah. you know what the slang boner is. I think they got it. They slipped it in and leave it to Beaver. <laughs> oh. I don't think they had the expression Beaver back when you know yeah, yeah sure they did i don't know how did it like so many books they like when did pussy and beaver come into play i think they just had a rhyme they're just like leave it to cleave leave it to cleveland and they're like well almost there let's stay up all the night we'll figure it out 
So now he's lying, of course, to Perry. Kevin is lying to Perry. Yeah, I got slayed, I did. But they say, like, the girls come up and they call him out and they say, so-and-so overheard you. But who? We're watching him say it now. We're watching what? We he's did... saying it now to his best mate, right? And fellow right. DJ? No, he and... said it before when he were, they were coming down the stairs. Oh. Sleeping girl, they believed. And she goes, huh? And looks oh, like so that's... there for a while. This director's name is Ed Bai. And in this film, there's a bunch of Germans, and he's like the lead German. That's his like. Oh, here. Oh, yeah. Like, here's their song. What did you think, think it was? Big girl. Big girl. Give it, give it a listen just one more time. Think me too. Or big up. <laughs> All right, now he's confronted. Boy. You says oh, you shagged me. No. no. How much the director's gonna make them all red? Or the I think that's great. I mean, that's the thing. Like, how can I? Like, how can I say this movie's bad? This is a great movie. <laughs> He's completely red. Oh, shag you! And of course, at the end of the film, she goes, oh, "I shagged him before he was famous." <laughs> yeah, I thought she was one. If you watch this show, I will ruin this film for you. Right. I mean, maybe you could pause this podcast and watch the movie, but oh well. <laughs> Don't do it. Don't pause the video. They're going virgin. Now, what's the music playing right now? Is this from like... Is this Oliver Stone Platoon? <laughs> the Simpsons made a reference in the early season. It's like there's a carnage of war and there's like withering bodies and that music plays. Like they're playing music connected to a war film as he (laughs) (laughs) takes the escalator up the mall. It's the walk of shame. Sign for your father's package. And he goes, look at what he does. He ruins the thing for, he goes, fucking thanks. Now he's polite about it, but. It's that British wit where he goes, thanks. <laughs> okay, so now we are at the bank, right? Mm-hmm. And they're failures at getting a job and even doing their thing on the street for change. Now they're going to put what little money they made into the bank. Humiliated again. Well, they have the credit cards, so they just want to get money off the card. Oh, they're not putting... No, they signed for their dad's new credit card. Oh, but okay, it's a bank robbery. Right, so he sits down on the uh, one of the... Put your hands up, get your cleavage out. That's the director. No. What, saying, saying, get your cleavage out. Yeah. There it is. Whoa! Now he, we get another boner count off of this. (laughs) (laughs) The alarm is like right under his crotch. This is a good movie. Yeah, it's like I feel bad talking about it. Like the check out the look the robber gives. Like he figures he's, he's trying to calculate what's going on. But he sees the flashing light and it's on this guy's crotch. So he looks down and he sees a fifteen year old voter. And he it goes like this. You know, like he just gives the guy a look like Now this is completely outside the real world. It's just not believable that they would get 
they Martin, have to get this movie going. It's not more than 90 minutes, this film. They got to get to this island as well. Yeah. They got, we're going to Ibiza. But they could have done. Mediterranean islands. They could have done the same thing, right? It's just two seconds of a scene. They could have done another reason why they got money. Well, that was the reason they paid. That was the one that worked. That's now, did. Right. Yeah. <laughs> So they're going to the island, which is great, but so are the parents. You didn't think we let you go on your own, did you? (laughs) Oh, the worst. Even Perry. Perry's one of those guys that has no parents. Who's like crashed on your couch. Right, that's right. Yeah. Ow. Oh, and then he actually gets hurt. Oof. life. Oh, there's uh, Queen Anne again. One thing I got to say, like in that fantasy up front, it's, yeah. it has a scene in the bookstore with them going to get the new book written by Kevin. And I thought that was a nice touch. For the ending. Well, not to spoil anything, but at the ending, they're at a bookstore. Where yeah, with his book. Parents are signing the book. Yeah, and they're signing there. Go ahead. So it's, it's like mid, mid-marriage sex life. Like, yeah. Well, now this again. Oh, this song. Hang on. This is my favorite mix. All I want to do is do it. Now we're in the club. This backbeat is much better, right? Right. That's what I'm saying. A big up. I'm disappointed when they're in the real club and they don't say, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, all I want to do is do it. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. They don't do that. No, they do the cooler version, the the chill mix, the the chill out mix. All I want to do is do it. Yeah. The, yeah, you're high in the cloud, man. Did he lift that off of the videotape? Yeah, he did. And well, he he combined. You're talking about eyeball Paul. He combined them. He combined them. Yeah, he took his parents' sex tape and the uh, demo and combined it into a white label. It's all in the movie. Uh, it is Virgin's son. That's yeah, the internet cares very much that this isn't really landing in the island. Well, can I give a full disclosure? I found this uh, soundtrack at Virgin uh, Virgin Megastore when oh, it was no. still open in San Francisco. So it's full circle. It was pure advertising. They were able to advertise in a movie that they sell in their store. Right. Later goes bankrupt. But Oh, there we go. Okay, yeah. The, this is the love interest. Now, the one on the left is Lydia from Breaking Bad. Oh, with the, the pigtails, I guess? With the blue sunglasses, the one right. on the left. Uh, well, actually, they crossed in front of us, I guess. Now she's on the right. Blue sunglasses. Oh, wow. Yeah. So she's in Breaking Bad. Yeah. Oh. Lydia. I guess I'll talk about her because I brought her up. Her name, okay, Candace. Candace, that's Candace. And she was in A Knight's Tale. She, she was Lydia, I don't know how to say the last name, Quail, in Breaking Bad. She was in Vanilla Sky. She was in The Man in the Iron Mask. And she was in A Christmas Carol with Patrick Stewart. So that's our only Star Trek connection. Patrick Stewart is Captain Picard. I know it's a stretch. I have to present a Star Trek connection. Um, it is a stretch. He's That's like a... Christmas Carol connection. 
Right. But but it was played by the guy who was made famous as Captain Kirk. I mean, I know you know the connection. I'm saying it's stronger than you're giving it. Okay, this is Eyeball Paul, the greatest DJ in the movie. Right. right. Right, so they bump into him, and he says, "Yeah, sure, kid. Well, I'll listen to your demo." They're wearing not North Face parkas. Well, they they didn't. Okay, let's just get past Eyeball Paul. What he was was a fucking rude asshole to them. That's what he was. And they're like, "He's the nicest guy." Throughout this entire movie, no matter how many toilets they have to clean, yeah, I took a bag of crap last night. He was really polite. Oh, thank you, Eyeball Paul. So I guess the joke is they're dressed for cold weather, and they're well. Raving. No, they're like raving. It's like a certain look from uh, British pop culture history in the early nineties. You had a parka. You're Happy Mondays. <laughs> they're dressed like Fez from Happy Monday. You wouldn't understand, you old festering pus bags. <laughs> <laughs> old festering pus bag. Don't talk to your mother like that. And he just nails. They both nail like being a god awful adolescent. Yeah, boy, especially. Yeah, scares me. Big up, big up. I thought he was saying big up, but then the song is listed as big girl. Let's Google it. All right, computer. Here's my Star Trek connection. I'm going to ask the computer for information. Working. (laughs) Computer. Okay, so. Kevin and Perry lyrics. All I want to do is do it. Compute calculating. All I want to do is it's do called it. Big girl. It's called the song is called Big Girl. That's what I'm saying. It's Big Girl, and so I think they say Big Up, like they're they're like uh, Wayne and Garth, and it's like what awesome, you know? Okay, excellent. Wayne, big up. Oh, speaking of big ups. Oh, do we have a boner count? No, it's two boners, right? So that's that counts as four now. Okay, so those are two boners. So three, four. They do the seven. only thing a, a self-respecting man would do on the beach is to <laughs> dig a hole in the sand and stick it in there. So there's a parking company called North Face. Their jacket is called South Face. I just want to oh. bring it up one more time. Yes, oh, you're yeah. right. It's Big Girl. All I want to do is do it, big girl, big girl. That's because oh. I'm always wrong, man. I hate that. I hate it's that. okay. Like, let's see. All <laughs> I want to do it, big girl, big girl. So that's like nine words in the whole song. So I, I get it. <laughs> okay, so now it's really funny because he's put on this. Oh, I got, I got, I'm telling you, I have this accent. But the girls have these crazy accents as well. Yeah. She's Scottish, Breaking Bad. Right now, she's pretending she's on the phone. Oh, they got like the gear is so funny. It's just like everything is like of a moment that's just. You know, like they nailed it. We we watched a lot of we watched some uh, surf movies. We watched uh, it's a bikini world, and we also right, watched it's a bikini uh, world. one that took place in a ski resort. And this is like the same kind of thing, but it's funnier. The one where the guy pretends he's his brother and he's a nerd. Yeah. 
Now the phone rings, so obviously she wasn't really on the phone. And oh, I thought she was so drunk. But this yeah, is the best part super too. Embarrassed, just like them, you know. Right. Well, they do they have a little. Away. Well, they had the margarita. They finished it. <laughs> but this is a little heightened reality because he he pulls out a kipper and hands it to the waiter. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Keep the change. They're so in love. And there they are. They're embarrassed. Monsters. Yeah. Now, the part of this movie is just like how, so like in, in Blade, I was saying they play rave music. And then there's a scene in the beginning where there's like a, a rave in a meatpacking yard and the rave music is playing. And then they squirt blood from the sprinkler. And everyone's like, oh. the rave music escalates. It's great. But then you watch like the third one, the second one. Oh, he goes, this is where he goes, ah, tranny. Oh, here's the, there he is. Germans, the yeah. just passed. It's a weird moment. He's filming everything. He goes, ah, tranny, tranny. And he starts pointing the camera at this, uh, every, the body. And then right away, you hear stomping and they go, look out, Germans. <laughs> <laughs> but it's look funny. Right that, like here, they, This will end up in the end of the film. Okay? Right. They're, they're teenagers confessing. They're, they're. Yes. Like yeah. they're kidding around too. And they're like, oh, I want to lick your tongue, Candace. Stuff like that. Right. And that's going to be, and Eyeball's going to use that in the mix. Right. Let's ruin it. That, don't watch. So don't watch then. So don't watch. Should, watch listen, if first. you watch this movie, all you're going to get is the soundtrack and the, the voice. Oh, here we go. Here comes the real point of this movie, the parents. This movie is about the parents getting their fuck on. No. He was getting videos of people kissing. Right, like, so then they see the parents who are like, obviously, by like, mistake, yeah. They got but that's just the start of it. Oh, it's you're right. Yeah, it set the tone like you had said before for the other. I forget now. Now he's being so funny. He's like, <laughs> oh, oh, he's coughing. He's disgusting. Oh, like a little order for everybody. <laughs> now they're speaking great Spanish. Spanish, yeah, fluent. But he's like disgusted by it instead of impressed. Well, because he's like, uh, the have this, me more. Boner count. Oh, boner count five. So that's five boners. Well, you'll see it because he's going to have to leave. Five. Five boner. Boner count. Boner count. I've made a cross hatch. Isn't that what it used to be called? Yeah, I guess. Where's it? I never, I never thought it had a name. He goes, the wankers. And then Perry goes, yeah, we are, ain't we? And he goes, no, me parents. And he goes, oh, right. That then. Oh, yeah, that wanker. All right, here we go. Cream. Amnesia. Oh, this makes me sad, like, for Virgin Megastore and, like, going into record shops and finding these compilations. Now, what we're seeing here isn't the real amnesia on the island. Now, they did shoot in the real amnesia, but, right. but this is a fake thing for the movies. Now, here's I no wait eyeball, Paul. Right, because he drinks vodka through his eyeball. Right, and we'll learn that in person. That was really good. Now, you should know this actor's face. Um, if you can't pronounce his name, you should at least know his face. He was in a lot of things in... United States. Now, the reason you can't pronounce his name is because he's Welsh. Okay? So it's R-H-Y-S. 
It's Reese Owls, right? Reese, Reese, uh, and then it's I F A N S. <laughs> Reese Ifans, Rahais. Was it Notting? I think Notting Hill as the roommate was his big role, but I also saw him in Formula Fifty One. Yeah, you're gonna find a bunch. Okay, so they coincidentally pass the nerdy girls, and they see that he's with Eyeball Paul. But this female Kevin and Perry version. So who gets, they are impressed. They are impressed. Oh, this is where he gets he gets uh, grilled. He's like, "Do you like happy Gabricor or regular?" Oh yeah. You guys are DJs, ridiculous. That's a garage. Puppet house. Blaring stupid. Sasha Kane. Sasha. Wow, that was the one. The DJs. But yeah, I can't believe it. So I don't know who the other DJ was. I recognize these as Sash. I think it's like Sash or something. All right, get him in. Now fuck off. Right. He gives yeah. him the card though, and he says, Come to my house tomorrow. Now they think, of course, it's for some music reason. No, it's and, they're gonna clean the toilets. Right. They're well, they're gonna paint they're gonna the, Paintbrushes is in the cupboard. They're going to paint his bathroom. <laughs> now, it kind of doesn't make sense in the real world because... They're just visiting. Yeah, they're in a hotel, you know? Okay, so when you see the DJ booth, it's not the real inside of the club. But a lot of these shots are the real inside of the club. Now, this movie is like 40%, 30% people dancing in club scenes like this. Maybe 10%, uh... 15%. You, well, you're right. It's up there. This movie's not that long. No. And it's, and it's mostly this. We're super long. The end credit is great because you have the remix of that Big Girl song, and it's like uh, uh, even more insane. Well, because they, they switch the music. They go into like this mambo, like cocktail lounge music, and it's like, right. all I want to do is do it. And there's like this peppy upbeat uh, remix of it. No. Oh, this guy is great. I fucking love this guy. No monsters. No monsters. No monsters. No. Hey, now let's check out my mirror. Oh, look, my mirror sees monsters. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> what a dressing down. Oh, my God. Oh, no monsters. Now, fuck off, eh? Wow, that's like guys just stole the movie. That was Chris Farley. Let's hear their accents. Because she's like. Yeah, All right, so they're scheming. They're going to get, like, if they hang out with Kevin Perry, they can get in tomorrow. Right. Well, the first thing they're going to do is get all made up because she called, he called them monsters. So they're going to get. Right, that's sad. They're trying to make themselves feel better because that guy was such an ass right to their face. And then later in the film, we see them doing the same routine. The same stick. He's pulling out the mirror. Oh, <laughs> it's right here in his pocket. Right, right yeah. So, um, and just like you said, they saw that he's best mates with Eyeball Paul. So they're going to get in tomorrow if they get the boys. 
but it's weird. Like they don't, they're, they really are 15 year old girls too. Cause they don't like hatch a plan or something. No. Oh, there's like a suitcase guy. The guy in the suitcase. Refresh my memory. So there's, they're going to get vomited on at mm. the club and they're going to leave in disgrace and the music from platoon's going to play. Like this is like some kind of war crime. And they're gonna, he's gonna go, boy, sh- shirtless guy, boy, guy yeah. in suitcase. Right, right, right. <laughs> there's a guy in the suitcase. We just saw the guy in the suitcase dance. So there's some president. The guy with the suitcase? No, he's inside the suitcase. His yeah. legs are sticking out of the suitcase. It and was just these two legs. And the... well, how could I have missed that? Okay. Oh, how could you miss this scene? Like, yeah. That, the yeah. First shock. Sex, parents having sex scene now yeah, but where's his head and where's her where's her groin and we yes it is crotch uh okay get ready i think he has a boner in this one no he doesn't but perry would perry shows some oh, discretion he might have missed it no he shows some discretion he, he touched his pants but he didn't uh okay okay oh that's pretty compromising if your mom's head is on your dad's lap. <laughs> because they were not doing it, Perry. Oh, this is oh, why Perry. Only done it once since an adolescent. Anyway, I guess we have to do it if uh, we want to have our son. Icky, but you're right. Turn out the lights. I'll hold my nose. Oh, and. I think there's too much throwing up in this film, but you know. Well, that's the thing about this film is that it's this soundtrack kicks ass, and then the rest of the film's boners and just vomiting. <laughs> but it's all like it all lovingly. Now, get back to the whole thing about techno. Like that, sometimes when... he's pushing his down. They're overhearing. Uh, okay. Yeah, he's having sex. Enfield's wig's gonna fall off. He's gonna put his hand over his head with the pill, his the pillow over his head, and duck down. And as he does, his hat with a wig connected to the hat comes off. Insane. I just want to say techno. Like some of the blade scenes with techno is really dull. Like that, that music yeah. doesn't really translate sometimes. If your film's not run, roll them, run. There it comes up. Oh, you did oh, you see it came off. I did see it. Oh. What do I see now? Okay, so that's one, right? Right. So, so it's six. Six. Yeah, the parents are completely just broken down now. They got matching uh, bathrobes. Right, and they're totally in love with each other, and it's involving sex, and they're saying, yo, gross, and stuff. I think it's so funny because they're, you know, they go on this vacation with him. And uh, it's the best thing they've ever done. Right, right. They have. So they were singing Wonderwall, and she goes, you've never even heard of Wonderwall. You're so old, or whatever. (laughs) Oh, I like that Oasis. You never even heard of Oasis. Oh, here we go. Now, this guy is cool. This is an interesting movie. His, His henchman is his driver. He's a lot more, you know, he has a lot more nuance than they, they kind of let on. Well, he absolutely feel right. You don't notice it until, like he says, like, give him his tape back and stuff. Right. Yeah. He you shows some sympathy. Yeah. When he reveals himself as a good guy, you're like, oh, yeah, because he did do this and he did do that. You know, there he just drank some vodka okay. right through his eyeball. 
How did you, how did the actor do that? I don't know. He must have really poured water onto his eyeball. I guess just water. Yeah. Now this actor, uh, Royce Fans. Uh huh. Well, you already said Notting Hill. Right. But right. Was... This time in two thousand, he was in the replacements, and there's. In one scene, he has to rush off quickly. Seriously, uh, they had to shoot it in one take because he had to get on a plane. He was oh, in the Is this your YouTube version or did they digitize those generals? <laughs> I don't know. I never it's really decided. saw. Everything's so like box, pixelated anyway on YouTube. You know, we're trying to watch illegal movies on your on your service. It is pixelated. But I don't know. This show is not about right. It's about low quality and bad. Yeah, right. Well, their budget went. We're flying to Ibiza, and we're going to show you scenes from a rave. Like you want to go. Like if honestly, I would have to spend my summer in the movie theater. Is what I could afford. It's mm -hmm. the fifteen quid to watch Perry and Kevin and Perry Gillards and fly over to Ibiza. Okay, now because he's a DJ. He gave them earplugs, right? Uh -huh. so comedic joke here will be they have earplugs in so they don't understand that they're really loud to talk to each other and hear each other. So their conversation is being heard by the whole beach. And they're saying, let's pretend these girls don't exist and well, they don't like it. Right. They're talking and they're also saying things about the girls that are, you know, like borderline complimentary, but still it's like, Behind their back, he goes, this Look at the tits on. Now everyone turns their heads. This is probably the most like typical scene you'll see in an American comedy like this. Like, this this joke is really funny with them yelling all this mm -hmm. terrible stuff. But now they're going to pee, right? No one knows when you take a pee in the ocean. Right. Everyone pees in the ocean. Right. And he's saying, You have to. It's the law. <laughs> and it was a floater. Now, this is, I can't even watch this scene. I, I it's don't just a one. fake turd tied to the guy's back. It's Caddyshack's baby Ruth. That goes right in his mouth. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, they had a, it's over. Thanks. Carl, come back. Come back. They're at the lighthouse. Yeah, I know. This movie, there's a little padding in this film. Now they're sulking. And once again, we're getting their I'm in love, you know, I'd eat Candace's poop or something stupid. But it's cute that they all four of them kind of know each other and like, yeah, they're not they're not pursuing girls that don't know them. OK, so this Reese Ifans, right? He was in Little Nicky. You remember that film? With yeah, that. right. Didn't okay. he play like the, the evil son or something? He plays Adrian and I think he was. Yeah. I forget. I, I did love that film. I don't know if I loved it, but I. It's a I weird film. It. It's a, yeah. definitely a weird film. Okay. But he was in the, he was the father in my favorite film. Such a great film called Mr. Nobody. Do you know it? With, with Bob Odenkirk and the, this bus stops and he gets the shit kicked out of him and then winds up, he shit kicks the <laughs> shit out of them. And then he gets out. He's like, you can start your bus now. No, that's who are you? Nobody. That's <sighs> nobody. Oh, Mister Nobody from the Fast and the Furious. He's Kurt Russell. Of course, I know him. He's like, you gotta help me, Han. I want you to fake your death at the end of Tokyo Drift. 
and then walk into our cave of the ninth movie. Help me. It's me, Mr. Nobody. Look, does that count as a boner? He was hiding it. Uh, yeah, you're right. I would count it. No, okay. I guess we have to see it. All right. So now we're going to get a great scene. A great scene. Oh, I'll get the sound ready. Let's. Yeah, he's going to go, hello, ladies, with this, like... Oh, ladies. <laughs> Nobody said, can you get us in the thing? Are you deaf? Yeah, we can get you in. Uh, right. Best mates with Eyeball Paul. Yeah, we know. We know, right. Done. Yeah. They finish their drinks again and run off. Oh, but this is kind of cute. They're like, come on, you dumbasses. Yeah. Come on, are you coming? They do that a couple of times. Right. Now they're like couples, items, even though it's they're not really... So now they tell them to wait there while they get ready. Yeah. They're not. A and couple. another, this, do you think this scene is necessary? Uh, no, I think it's disgusting and I'm not going to watch it. Now I have watched it twice. I didn't watch it. the One. third. Oh my God. Two, I think I saw it. Three. Four. Four zits popped. Five okay. zits popped. I wanted the mirror. Six. Seven. That was a surprise. Eight. Okay. Ooh, that was nine on top of the head. I'm not looking. Uh, uh, 12. 12. Oh. And now, now nails. Meanwhile, they should have seen where the boys do nothing. Yeah, because they do. They're downstairs waiting four hours. Oh, there. right. So, wait. Does the one from the belly button count? Because I think that wasn't a pimple. But it does squirt bus. Oh, my God. Is it over yet? Oh, no. I forgot about the belly ones. Oh no! Wait, here goes the Brazilian. Now those are—that's what you call a best friend. <laughs> no, I but you, isn't the joke? It's like from her back or something. I don't know if it's from the back or, or the legs. The legs. legs, yeah. Oh, they're still waiting. All I want to do is do it. Me too. Me too. <laughs> oh, I hate being wrong. Big up. Is it big up or big cat? Uh, big girl it's in the song. In, uh, the internet's a big girl. I don't know. Uh, I always thought it was like big up. They know they have some catchphrases. He throws a fit pretty well. It, Come well, on. Apparently, the um, I'm not your slave is a yeah. catchphrase from the TV show. Oh, when he they ask him to get a job. <laughs> now he's doing the monsters thing. Yeah. Here, right? He's pulled out the mirror. Oh, hello, Eyeball Paul. And then they just walk with him. Yeah. Now, this looks great. I would love to be there. It's so funny. You talk about the credits at the end. It right. takes forever. Part of it is the joke is they have the, the production crew on yes. the floor dancing, and they cut to, like, you know, this is the director, Ed Bai. This is the guy who's the choreographer. Yeah, and That's, that was real shots of a crowd in the... Yeah, but it's like, for you can recognize the, the people in the crowd because they're like 40 years, they're older. Yeah, also, do you, like, they must have got paid as extras to dance. They didn't go into a club, yeah. took the shot, and made a movie around it. No, they, 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 
I mean, actually, I don't know. The internet didn't tell me, but I mean, it's a real movie. They it's a real movie. That. But this is just like minutes of after minutes of just like, you know, the soundtrack and them dancing. Now, does, does Eyeball Paul plan this or it just happens? The puking? No, it just... Uh, I never thought he planned it. Yeah, I mean, he embraces it and makes fun of them. Yeah, no, I guess not. Surprised. There's the music again. Oh, come on, Carl. Oh, puke count. I haven't done that. I, I can half watch because I know it's fake. I just know it's fake. Somehow the zits look very real. Or if that was an accurate depiction. Like, it doesn't look like he, a guy would really puke that. And it sort of looks like milk got on him. Like, you know? he goes, bye, guys. Guy dancing in the suitcase. <laughs> yeah, bye, sweaty guy. It's just like a funny touch. Like this yeah. movie, just comedy-wise, is to add that in there. It's so funny. And then they get picked up. Yeah, like, it's interesting that the actress would dress up as a guy and then have a line where he goes tranny to somebody. Uh-huh. And then he meets the boyfriends of the girls that they meet right now. Yeah. And he's like, oh, you're butt boys. And they're like, no, we're gay lovers. He goes, oh, sorry, gay lovers. I thought it was Bum Boy. Bum Boys, you're right. I think it was Bum Boys. It is England. Ah, this would be great with the music, right? Here, I have the music for you. Go ahead, Ishten Autobus, Ishten. Oh, tell me why. Carl. We'll see the Germans again, I think. They're, they're here the whole week. They came to dance at Ibiza. Yeah. Oh, guess who's doing it? Right, Kevin's parents are fucking right now. You can hear it. Yeah, that's right. Now you see the camera on the nightstand. Oh, here we go. Oh, that was totally a boner count. (laughs) That is seven. Wow, so no one's got killed, but we've seen seven boners, at least eight eight vomiting, 12 12 pops this. Now, this won't count, right, because it's the same... No, no, his boner is down, so it would count. Anyway, now he gets the bright idea to go film them because he's a horny 15-year-old. Right, it's not his parents. His parents are nowhere in this movie. That's right. It's totally not his parents. Absolutely not. It's two. It's a guy and a girl. It's a Or is it an interesting lizard, right? Well, that's what he says because... one thing Perry does is stupid is that he keeps the camera in his bag. Right, <laughs> shagging. And they're saying like they're saying like catchy stuff. They're like, "Do it! All I want you to do, do is do it." <laughs> big up, big up, big girl. Whoa, whoa! Is he? What's he? What is that? I don't see a boner, but he's whacking it. Is he whacking it in his sleep to his parents what? fucking? I don't know, because what's he doing with this hand? Yeah, he I like, think that's it. He's... No, but he's in pain. Like I guess he's whacking it, though. Weird scene. Hard to Okay. Yeah. Now, this scene had to be in one take, because Reese had to get on a plane to the go to do the replacements with Keanu Reeves. In oh, the football movie. Yeah. They like their scabs are the replacements. 
Now, he was in Spider-Man No Way Home and another Spider, the Amazing Spider-Man as the Lizard. Oh, so, so he was, I haven't seen it yet because it hasn't shown up on Disney, but he was in the one where all the other uni- old movie guys show up? I guess, yes. 2021 Spider-Man No Way Home. Yeah, that's right. Multiverse the villains all show up in one. All right. So he was, uh, I guess, a Garfield villain. He was Lizard. Yeah. Spider-Man is so great. It's like, I'm going to have to fight a lizard or a goblin or a gremlin. Oh, or... you mean he was lizard, like just the voice of the lizard. It's true, but he was also Doctor. Oh, he was the actor. Yeah. Kurt Connors. So. I was just saying, the, the villains in Spider-Man, they're just like other animals. Right? Yeah. Look out for the rhino this week. Spider-Man fights the rhino. Right. Yeah. Okay, so. He's saying, I'm going to, you know, I love your tape, but really what he means is the porno tape. Right, and he won't let him do it. He's like, let me go in the bag and record it. Yeah, they're pretty gullible. <laughs> Look at them go. So, do you, oh. Let's clean it up. Right, so this is just a rental they're living in right now. Like eyeball, eyeball in the eyeball. Oh, yeah, there's the henchman. Hello, ladies. So play the tape now. This is an important scene. This guy was in Harry Potter and the Deathly Hollows. He's, uh, I don't don't know which one that is. All right, is that the first one? He's he was in the Kingsman last year. He's, yeah. he's a serious actor in the United States. Oh, wasn't he uh, Rasputin? Hey, maybe. I yeah. didn't pull out all of his... Um, I only pulled out the credits that I knew. Because the oh, five engagement... You haven't seen Kingsman yet? Oh, he's showing it. Like, here we go. So now his henchman's going to be like, just stop playing it. Yeah, give him the tape back. Boss. Yeah, right there. Give him the tape back. You're boss. a soft... Live a lily, whatever. But that's the thing about this movie. There's like a really terrible scene, and then he shows himself as like the hero in this film. Who? The henchman, the the chauffeur. Yes, right, right, right. Okay. Uh, Oh, now they're not friends. Because, yeah, I mean, Perry has betrayed a trust. He filmed. He filmed Kevin's parents fucking. And that is. And he walks around and they play this horrible music while these uh, bubbles are being blown. A mime or something. Oh, topless, topless. Finally, and he doesn't care. Perry he doesn't, doesn't care because he's hurt. He hurt his friend. Oop, topless doesn't care. Doesn't even look. We don't have a boner count out of this scene because he doesn't care. This is like such a cute dog. He's so lucky to be an Ibiza and find a friendly dog. Right. All the Ibiza dogs I know. Yeah. The dick off. Pedos. So this is a cute scene. Perry just meets a boy and he's just like, hey, can I help you with the sandcastle? Yeah. And he just plays with the kid and then he's like complimenting the kid at the end. Like, yeah, he he built this castle. Now it is not um, uh, oh gosh, I forgot the name of the castle in the beginning. Elsinore? Uh, Il- <laughs> right. Dover Castle. Dover Castle. No, it's not. Okay, but he's, now, this is a, such a real moment. Teenager crying on vacation, looking at like 
young people having friends. I don't have any friends. No, that was the girlfriends. That was the girlfriends. Oh, that was the girlfriends. Oh, all right. Yeah. So that's a small, small island. It is. Well, so off of the coast of Spain, not the coast, it's in the Mediterranean. There's a song by the Venga boys called We're Going to Ibiza, the Mediterranean Islands. But my wife and I always hear, We're going to eat pizza (laughs) (laughs) in the Mediterranean Islands. Now he's crying. This is such a nice moment. This is like the over hyperventilating teenager. The dad's like, Come on, old bead. Hey, how about if we take you out for a drink? Would you like that? We'll go to a cigar bar. Oh, all right. Come on now, darling. Now, she was really a theatrical actress at first, and then she switched to, like, TV. Which they have some of these sketches on TV. I watched a couple, and she's great in it. I thought it was the same father, but there you go. Yeah, she was Mrs. Patterson on the TV series Harry Enfield and Chums. Uh, and he was playing, yeah, Kevin's teenage mum. She was, okay, today she retired from acting in 2012, and she's an interior designer. She has an interior design company, Forbes Ricks Designs, with her business partner, Natalie Forbes. Love it. Good for her. So, all right, so he goes, uh, you guys are bub boys. They go, we're gay lovers. And I think it's funny that, like, you know, Perry is this, like, kind of, like, you know, a little homophobic 14-year-old but played by a woman. So when he does like say these awful things, uh, it's the comedy is that it's played by a woman. I mean, how Shakespearean is something like that, you know, like, it's just like, now also oh, oh, that's, that's the half a shove. Oh, didn't he get a boner? He got a half a boner. He started, he covered it up. No, I guess he does have a boner. Go ahead and put, put a full I'm one. I'm going to put an asterisk in that. No, no, put a full one, put a full yeah. one. No asterisk, no asterisk. We know what they look like. Uh, okay, now this is the scene in which we find out that, you know, she's Candace and his name, her name is Gemma, Gemma, and Gemma. she doesn't have much of a career, but we find, she finds out that they like him and they don't have boyfriends and we're going clubbing tonight and they complimented him, right? You're right. very creative with the castle. What did she say? You have an autistic eye or whatever. Right. He's all, what? Yeah. The world is wrong? Oh, now, yeah. Right. So here he goes. Eyeball Paul will tell him, yeah, I like your tape. I'm going to play it tonight. Am I going to put it in my set? Why don't you guys come? I'll give you a lift. So he's armed with, Perry's armed with great things to tell Kevin now, to take him right. out of his phone. But Kevin doesn't want to talk to him because Kevin betrayed, though Percy betrayed Kevin. Right. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to go to Ibiza and have like a little mobile, like get an yeah, Airbnb. You see the two fingers? Yeah, I know. Okay, so it's really funny to me how if he did that, the middle finger, you and I would have an emotional reaction and we just go, whoa, he flipped him the bird, right? But because it's England and he goes like this, like it's a reverse peace sign. We know it's bad, but we didn't grow up with a, there's no, it's, it's, it's interesting this film because he's used his hands to say fuck off before. Right. And also like, he's kind of uses fingers to try to, yeah. Uh, yeah. That's another great scene with the, uh, sh- the, the chauffeur, the henchman. The chauffeur, the henchman, he just, Becomes the hero of this movie. Right. This movie is like about... It's on the boys' laps. It's about these parents who take their spoiled kid to Ibiza and discover fucking... Now look at this. 
Kevin concedes, like does a like shake, <laughs> and he's like, "Thank you, Kevin. Thank you, Kevin. Thank you." Yeah, but Kevin's trying to hold a grudge. He can't. Right, he can't. But he's also dressed up nicely for this dinner with his parents. Right. And is it nice? It's horrible. That tie just does not go. Bambo and a tie. You right. put a tie on, yeah. You don't wear that kind of shirt if you're going out in a tie. You wear a plain colored shirt or a pattern. <laughs> so oh. anyway, now he's delivering all the great news. Oh, yeah. No, she asked about you. She said, is you, are you well? They were, they didn't, they felt embarrassed for us. We got spuked on. It's so cute when they realize that, like, they, they, they all like each other. Like, it's mm -hmm. just, uh, but they're, you know, they're kind of having the same problems as Kevin and Perry. Are. Right. All right, so best friends. And the same with the parents too. Like this movie is about the parents. It's a well-written story. Yeah. Now it was Harry Enfield who co-wrote it with a guy named Dave Cummings. He's a writer producer, but he wrote a lot of the episodes of Harry Enfield in Chums, and he wrote this. And there was something called Spine Chillers in two thousand three. I don't know, but he was a member of the Scottish rock band. They were in Woodstock '94. Oh right. Now that's Jackal. something about. <laughs> Reese, Reese, I fans. He was also in this this um, Welsh rock band called Super Furry Animals. And I know Super Furry Animals. Animals. I didn't know that. Well, How weird. Before they got famous, he was the lead singer. I didn't even know he was the lead singer. I I, I know the music. Now, oh, this is so great. This is like such a parent moment, right? You fucking screw up kids. Like, no, I'm, I, I promised I would do this, but I would rather go. This is the biggest opportunity. And you know what? I'm going to stand up for myself and screw you, dad. And the dad's <laughs> going to do like some kind of authority thing. He's like, well, pick up the tie. And he's like, what? I'm not. Yeah, yeah. Slave. No way. I'm not your slave. And the parents, he's horrible. Yeah, but he's having fun. Yeah. <laughs> they don't care. He's They're going to be fucking happy. in 20 minutes. I was right. going to tell you. Oh, yes, yes. Super furry animals, right? Yeah. So the, the henchman's going to slam on the brakes. And he goes, well, what was that for? He goes, oh, there's a cute puppy running across the road. should have killed him. He goes, no, we don't kill cute puppies. And he goes, no, we like all furry animals. Oh, so that's a reference to super furry animals. Yes. I yeah, like they're... this actor. He was such a prick in this. He's so funny in this because it's a stupid premise. It really is. Like, if a lesser actor would not be able to sell Eyeball Paul. Right. You know. Look, here's yeah. your on a white label. Yeah, right, which is like a, a limited pressing. It's kind of bullshit that he doesn't at least work. Yeah, right. He's he's on he's got a gig in an island and he's at a hotel, but yet he can press a record. Well, I guess the DJs can. I mean, if you're going to premiere, you want to get the white label anyway. So he has like a portable machine? Probably. They probably uh, have a record. I mean, there must be an industry of white labels. I don't know. Yeah, you're right. I mean, this is another. Now, they really impress the girls when they show up in a limo. <laughs> 
It's so funny how old those guys are. Look at the bras hanging out. I know those aren't bras. They're bathing suits, right? So it's very funny how like Perry tries to hold the record just to feel it too. Just just like Kevin is, and Kevin doesn't let him. They're trying to impress the girls by just holding this white press, the white label. Whoop. <laughs> You're oh, yeah. Tonight, aren't you? Now he does the most offensive thing ever. Yeah, here it is. I'm not giving that to you. But he goes, you're talking about the white label's not helping. And then, yeah, he does the most offensive thing. Yeah, he's going to touch their pussies. Right, he licks his fingers and oh, both in unison. What an asshole. Look at that. Well, who's going to stop him? This is gross. So this is not the movie I signed up for. Henchman to the rescue! Show wonder chauffeur. Wonder chauffeur. On their laps. Right, he gets his face squished. Girls land on their laps. Now she goes, may I sit on your knee? And I don't know if that's a joke because he has a boner. It has to be a boner joke. We just sat through a minute of it. Oh, sorry about that, boss. It was a puppy. Dog, right. Furry puppy. And Kevin says it right now. We love all furry animals. Yeah, I mean, this is like, uh, a, I don't think an American movie would do that. Or a movie would do that. This thing. Whoa, there we go. See, they... Re- yeah, they, and they, they smile. Two you count those? Two, two boners. So that we didn't... Four, that's ten boners, because we're not doing an asterisk. Right. Ten boners. He got a boner in that scene. He just covered it up. Now, Mom and Dad went to dinner alone, <clears> because Kevin went, you're impossible so now they see amnesia and they see their kid so they're like let's go in there and have some fun because the island is like two feet of two two feet by two feet right? it seems like, like it everywhere yeah. you're bumping into everyone else but they charge the old people well they yeah they they he'll complain like it's Highway robbery goes no senior citizens discounts in whatever English yeah. they speak. Ah, <laughs> right, here we go. You yeah, can see me. I was an extra. Time. Yeah, this is where this movie just kind of falls apart, right? Like they just play in the songs, and here's the DJ. I, you know, like if you can't accept this premise, then you're not going to like this movie, right? Now, this is something I just, it was delusional, or maybe he was saying it sarcastically. Harry Enfield said in an interview on TV, Kevin and Perry Go Large is possibly the best film ever made. Come on, man. Best soundtrack? I mean, honestly, like, I could listen to the soundtrack or I could watch the movie. It's the same experience. This guy is a television guy, and he did, like, a Saturday Night Live Pat sketch and put it into a movie, and he wants to tell us it's possibly the best movie of all time. Was he being sarcastic? I don't know. I mean, with all due respect to, to everyone involved in Wayne's World, this seems like a stiff competitor. Stiff competitor. <laughs> <laughs> I got it. I got it. With 10 boners on our count thus far, you're right. Okay, it's their big moment. All I want to do is do it, is what they're going to hear. I haven't seen 10 boners since the Hustler movie review guide. That's the real club. Right, everyone's happy. And then yeah, the parents are proud. Yeah. Real club, yeah. real club. Well, they're all extras dancing to the song. 
recovery stage. Right. The DJ booth is a sound stage. Because well, he, he, he gets angry, the, the uh, eyeball Paul, because he yeah. sees that his song is kicking it. But now he's playing the fucking. You can hear that in the back. Right. What he's trying to do is embarrass the kids for his own personal amusement. Not only did he press the white label, but he was able to edit the video and get it onto his, his sound system. Very believable. And they get turned on by this, ultimately. The yeah, you're right. In the end, it's like, well, it's it's after Eyeball Paul gets his. Right. And and now they're with it, yeah. So... Oh, now here's their, okay. they're saying their biggest teenage confessions. Right. The girls are listening. And they're on the edge of their seats if the girls are going to hate them. But then what's, what's Candy say? She said my name. I'm famous. Right. We love right. you. And then Eyeball Paul realizes it's not working out. It's right. Not it's not getting embarrassed at all. It's, the crowd it's, loves this. It's as if they planned the sex mix. Uh, turn it off. Enough of that. That everyone's like, "Whoa, fuck, thumbs down." He goes, "It's like getting exposed." Um, yeah, he's now he's just being nasty. There was that Andy Griffin movie in which he got exposed on the face, air. face in the crowd. This yeah. is his face in the crowd moment. All right, here we go. Here's Chris yeah, Farley to the rescue. Henchman's the hero. He didn't. Yeah. And he, he <laughs> what a great fire. scene. You can see him falling into the crowd. Play the music, or I don't know what they're... You've seen this movie four times. What are they chanting? I don't know. I know it's in... in the, go ahead. Go ahead, pull it. You're right, then they drop pull the beat. It. And then they drop it, and boom. And that's the end of this movie. Yeah, and, and they're not, I think they should have said big girl, big girl here, and they don't. Well, they wanted the music back because he got so angry that this song was actually a hit. Like, it, but I'm he, saying their big hit really at home was "All I Want to Do Is Do It." Now here is hand to boob touching, like serious hand to boob touching. Well, I think they did. I mean, they must have been as part of the joke. They're 14 year old kids. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And they're adults too. They're not actually 14 year old. Hand to butt touching on hand to, butt. Hand yeah. to boob touching. See, I think the parents enjoyed it. Well, they're embarrassed. Look at them. Yeah, they still did it. They still do but they're it. They're not it. having sex right now. Oh, I thought they just like fucked off the idea of like that rush. No, you maybe you're right. You mean like they were okay? So now they both lost their virginity. We learn. <laughs> it's a beach of shagging. And Ibiza, so it's a. Uh... And Candace admits she was a virgin too, but it's all done well, you know. I have to say, like, my favorite line is when they do break up and he goes, you're not my mate and you're not my fellow DJ. Right. Right now, he's like, was that you shagging on the thing? He's bragging. He's like, yeah. He goes, who's the bird? Me, mom. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I look like this. Are they doing it right now? I don't yeah. think so. You mean, like, is he penetrating yeah. her? Like yeah. Maybe, but they could they're in a sexual position. I think yes. <laughs> they're both attempting oh, to have sex. Yes, they do. 
But look, the whole beach. The whole beach. It's like, that's what you do at Ibiza. You go out to the beach, you have sex. 